Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host. Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can check archive shows out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for your support. You can continue to support by donating a PayPal. Saturdays with Joy Keys uh, on PayPal. Um, it really helps to uh, pay for giveaways and different things because, you know, I do books, gift cards, uh, movies, uh, shows, concerts, all these type of things. Got to keep them running, so we need, you know, some dinero. But uh, otherwise, I hope you've been enjoying the shows and sharing them with friends and family. I just got off the phone with musician and author Brendan Slocum, We talked about his book, The Violin Conspiracy. I'm going to be giving away some copies of that book, so you want to definitely follow me on social media. Also, in the future, it's going to become a movie, so stay tuned for that. But right now, I have two wonderful guests, experts in the field of colorectal cancer. Uh, One of my first guests is Dr. Ashwani Rajput. He's the director of John Hopkins Kimmel Cancer Center, And my second guest is Carla Ann Henry, a proud resident of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. and um, she's here uh, representing the Colorectal Cancer Alliance uh, community, and she's a community organizer. I believe they're both on the line here. Let's see. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Dr. Rajput, are you on? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for calling and, and waking up this morning. Uh, super. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Carol Ann, uh, you're in Philadelphia? Yes, I am. It's actually Carla Ann. Oh, Carla Ann. I'm sorry. Carla Ann. Oh, that's Henry. okay. I have all the fun. <laughs> no problem. I, I'm not, I haven't drunk enough coffee yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess that's not good. Is that good for colorectal cancer, drinking coffee? <laughs> Dr. Rashford, do you know if coffee is good for that? Yeah, you know, anything in moderation is good, so coffee is okay. <laughs> okay, so he gave the safe answer, people. But but let's dig into it. You know, this is a big issue for African Americans, um, colorectal cancer. And, and Dr. Rashford, why is that? Why are we seeing more people in the African-American community with colorectal cancer? 
Well, you know, one of the things that's really important is knowing that the numbers are a lot higher. So as a um, African-American person, there's probably about 20% higher risk for developing colorectal cancer. And then if the person is um, diagnosed with a colorectal cancer, they may have up to a 40% higher chance of dying from that colorectal cancer as compared to other Americans. Now, the reasons for this are um, pretty complicated and multifactorial. And so it's not necessarily one genetic mutation or one genetic factor. So there could be different risk factors. Um, There are some families who have a higher risk of colorectal cancer, but the thought is um, that there might be more colorectal cancer in African-Americans because of a lot of social issues as well. There could be obstacles to cancer prevention, cancer detection, and then getting the right treatment at the right time. And so those are things that we need to look at. We need to take away those obstacles and, and really improve the health literacy of people so that they know how to have a better lifestyle to decrease their risk of getting the cancer and then having access to the care that they need. Now, Carla Ann, when you're out in the community, do you find that people have more advanced colorectal cancer in the African-American community as opposed to others? Absolutely. Like Dr. just said, we're we're, uh, 20% more likely for an incidence and our mortality rate is higher. And I speak to people and the survivors that I speak with, they tell me that they were diagnosed in stage three, stage four. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Okay. And Dr. Rajput, what are the symptoms of colorectal cancer? What would you be feeling, seeing? What's happening to your body if you do have colorectal cancer? Sure. So one of the things that we talk about is a, a change in bowel habits. And what does that mean? So if someone's in a habit of having a bowel movement every day, and they no longer have uh, bowel movements every day or they have a new onset constipation or in some cases diarrhea, that could be a sign. And then we also talk about change in caliber of stools. And what does that mean? Um, Caliber means that maybe the stool isn't as thick as it used to be or maybe it's compressed on one side so the shape has changed. The other thing that we're looking for is if there's blood in the stool. It can be um, clots or it can be fresh blood. Um, bright red blood, any of those things are what we're looking for. Also, weight loss, um, loss of appetite, or unexplained abdominal pain. Those are the main things that we look for. Uh, uh, Carla Ann, when you're out there, do people know about um, getting a colonoscopy? Do they know what it is? Do they know what it entails? Are they afraid to get it? Oh, wow, there's a bunch of answers to all that. Some people know what it is. Some people, I, I was at an event last summer, and I was talking to a gentleman, and as, as soon as he realized what we were talking about, he started backing away from me. And as he backed away from me, he told me how his doctor's been on his back to get a colonoscopy, but his, and he just told me about his schedule. And when he finished talking, he was so far away from me, I couldn't even hear him, you know? So some people do know. Some people are not quite aware. Some people think it's an old, an old person's disease. They think it's an old person's disease? A lot of people think that. 
A lot of people think that. Some people think that it's specifically for Caucasian men. It's interesting the things that I've been hearing since last May when I started with the Alliance. Now, Dr. Rajput, is it an old person's disease? Aren't they raising or, or lowering, I should say, the, the age for people to get the colonoscopy? Absolutely. It's definitely, you know, in older times we would think about it as an old person's disease, but it's certainly not. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes we've seen patients even in their 20s who have developed a colon or a rectal cancer. And you're absolutely right, Joy, that the United States of prevention guidelines have changed. We used to say that if you had to get a screen for a colorectal cancer at the age of 50, and because we're seeing so many patients younger in their uh, 40s and 30s, actually the guidelines have changed to start the screening at age 45. Now, if you have a family history of cancer, um, it's different. Um, and so that you need to discuss with your doctor. And usually, for example, if you had a family member who was diagnosed with their uh, cancer in the 40s, you're going to want to start your screening 10 years before their age of diagnosis. And so your screening would start in your 30s. And if you have a genetic wow. syndrome in your family, you would start even earlier. Well, I want to tell the audience, I had my colonoscopy. It's nothing to be afraid of. As a matter of fact, I don't even remember. You know why? Because they put me out. I was knocked out. The only thing I remember is the preparation. And basically, I, you couldn't eat. You've got to cleanse it out so that the doctors are able to see what's going on inside of you. But let me tell you, the actual colonoscopy, I remember going in the room, and they're hooking me up with the oxygen, and they're saying the count is that. And then the next thing I know, I woke up in the waiting area, and I was like, it's done? It felt like five minutes went by, literally five minutes. That's how it felt. To save your life, you can go get a colonoscopy. Now, what I, I will share with you also is that I have, like, a very twisty colon or something. <laughs> it sounds weird. So um, they told me to check with my doctor that I might need to do, like, an ultrasound or some other test. So I want to ask you um, – Carla Ann, are you familiar with other tests that people need to take um, that they can do with, if they don't want to do a colonoscopy? Absolutely. There are several different types of tests. They're called fit kits. One's called a fit kit, and that's an at-home screening where it's a stool-based, and you put a sample on a card and you mail it in. There are, other, there are other fit kits that are immediate. They look almost like a pregnancy test would look, also used with stool. And, um, and then there's a genetic-based test. So there are several different options. Now, Dr. Rajput, how effective are these other tests? Is the colonoscopy still the gold standard, or can somebody do an ultrasound or these other fit tests that Carla Ann is describing? Yeah, so there are, um, Carla Ann has described these um, uh, stool testing kits, and they're actually quite good. Um, in the older days, we used to do something called a guaiac test, which really um, put some peroxide on the paper to look for a change in color if there was blood in the stool. Those weren't as accurate or as sensitive, meaning that if uh, there was a problem, it picked it up. And so we've gone to these fit tests that Carla was talking about, and those are based on an immunoassay that looks for the antibody um, that the blood in the stool would provide, and those are more sensitive. The thing is, if that comes back positive, well, then you're going to need a colonoscopy, right, to look for why there's blood in the stool. And so 
I think anything you choose to do is a step in the right direction that would guide you to um, the right treatment if you had a colorectal cancer. So that's why people say it's the gold standard. So if the blood test is positive on the card, then you need the colonoscopy. The other thing that is the stool DNA test that looks for tumor DNA, those are pretty good too, and they've been approved for um, screening. But remember, if that comes back positive, the next step is a colonoscopy again. And, and Dr. Rajput, is my version of the colonoscopy correct? I mean, you kind of get knocked out. You guys work yeah. on us, and then we wake up, and it, it feels like five minutes, literally. It really it really does, and I can speak from both sides of the table. Um, I've done a lot of colonoscopies on patients, and I'm old enough that I've had my colonoscopy. So as you stated, the worst part of it really is the prep because um, you have to clean yourself out. Um, so there are some new regimens on make it a little easier to clean yourself out, um, um, and that's really what patients talk about being the worst thing. And then you go into the center, you usually get an IV, and they give you some sedation. You're not under a general anesthetic um, usually. The majority of patients just get what we call conscious sedation. Um, there's usually a nurse in the room or an anesthesia assistant, and um, you get knocked out, and you don't really remember anything that happened, like you said. And most of the time, the colonoscopy takes anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Um, if the doctor finds polyps or an issue, that they can take the polyps out at the time of the colonoscopy and get the tissue that they need for diagnosis. So it could take a little longer if you have to have polyps. But usually in 20 to 30 minutes, the procedure is done. And then, like you said, Joy, you wake up feeling like, wait, is it over already? <laughs> exactly. I just really want to emphasize that. It's so fast, and this could save your life. And I know I've spoken to men, and they're concerned. They have this homophobic issue with somebody going inside their colon. And it's like, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> the doctor is not thinking anything sexual when they're doing the colonoscopy. They're looking for these polyps. They're, you know, they're looking for signs of colon cancer. They're not worried about anything else uh, because, of course, they can get malpractice if they are not doing their job correctly. Uh, Carla Ann, when you speak with someone who has been a survivor of colon cancer, what were steps they took? What were changes they made maybe in their diet? Um, that helped them survive? Well, they stopped, they stopped eating as much sugar or maybe completely stopped eating sugar. They began eating more vegetables and fruits. I will say, though, I do have some volunteers, some survivor volunteers, we call them ally, allies, that were actually very healthy prior. So it, it's not just people that have obesity or don't eat properly. We have a, a, a young woman who was diagnosed just after giving birth, and apparently her pregnancy masked the symptoms. She was 29. She gave birth to a healthy baby boy and, and very shortly after was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Her son is now four and a half, and she is still in treatment. But she speaks out for us, and she lets people know. She was an athlete in college. She continued to run and to exercise and to take good care of herself after, even after college. So it's everybody mm -hmm. that needs to keep an eye open, you know, and pay attention to their bodies and know their bodies. 
Now, we know a very famous uh, African-American, Chadwick Boseman. He was uh, the lead in Black Panther, and he developed uh, colon cancer at the uh, age of 43. Um, and it's amazing, none of his co-stars knew what he was going through, and he did several films. Uh, Dr. Rajput, if someone finds out they have colon cancer, can they continue to work while they're getting treatments? Is this a normal thing, or was that something very unusual? No, for the most part, people can continue to work, um, you know, and and it depends on the type of treatments that they have. And if I could speak to some of the things that came up in our conversation earlier, we've been talking about stage, right? So um, the stages of colon cancer are one through four, one being the earliest and four meaning it's metastatic disease or it's traveled to other parts of the body from the colon, um, for example, most commonly to the liver or the lungs. And so if you have early stage disease, usually you just need surgery alone. If you have stage three, which means the lymph nodes are involved, we standardly give four to six months of chemotherapy after surgery. And unfortunately, if you have stage four disease, meaning spread in different parts of the body, there's usually long-term treatment. And it really depends on each person how they tolerate the chemotherapy. But for some selected stage four um, patients, we can cure them as well with a combination of chemotherapy and surgery and sometimes radiation. So there is hope. But that's the importance of the screening, right, because you want to catch it early. If you catch it earlier at a lower stage, then your chance for a cure is even higher. Now, are they coming up with a pill? <laughs> is there a cure on the horizon, Dr. Rajput? Um, so when you say a pill, we don't have a, a magic pill per, per se <laughs> to have it totally gotten out of your body. But there are some forms of chemotherapy that come in oral form or pill, and those are used in combination with IV uh, chemotherapies uh, for colorectal. And so for some patients, depending on what they can tolerate, they may just get a pill after surgery, but the most of the patients will get a combination. Uh, Carla Ann, how can someone get in contact with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, and what types of support services do you guys provide there? Oh, we have amazing support services. We have several different online communities, such as Blue Hope Nation and Ally to Ally. Ally to Ally, pardon me. And we have um, a stage four cancer chat on Facebook once a month on Monday nights. You need an invitation to that. Uh, we have a buddy program where somebody that has walked this path can will talk to you and be there for you and, and kind of usher you through. Uh, there's just so many programs. And um, yesterday we actually did a Facebook Live, so there are, in, there are things like that. We have walks. We have all kinds of development programs. The best, One of the best wanna- ways to reach us. Oh, pardon me. I want to also mention your helpline. Um, your helpline is one eight seven seven. Oh, okay. Four two two twenty thirty eight seven seven four two two twenty thirty. Um, and then they, their website is um, ccalliance.org. Um, and, and Dr. Rajput, at your center, when someone comes in and, and needs to talk to a doctor about col- colorectal cancer, what are some questions they should be prepared to ask? you know, when they go in? 
Sure. So, you know, if you're diagnosed with a colorectal cancer, most of the times it's really frightening for the patient because you hear the word cancer and then after everything after that can kind of go blank. But the thing that's important is to understand what the treatment options are. Um, And at our center, we have a multidisciplinary way. And what that means is that you would meet a surgeon, you would meet a medical oncologist, you would also meet a radiation oncologist if it was a rectal cancer and you needed the radiation. So it's a really a team approach. And these uh, services that uh, Carla Ann was referring to are also important in terms of social workers. Um, you know, cancer treatment can be really costly for patients. Um, it has to be transportation issues can be there, food insecurity issues can be there, child support you know, child care issues. So all of these type of things need to be addressed too so that you can get your treatment, get your cure, and then go back to your life. How long is a colon? Do you know? Is there like uh, an average a num- length? Yeah, I do know. It's about five to six feet, <laughs> actually. So it's, so it's quite long. And, you know, and to your point earlier about um, a lot of men having fear about the colonoscopy or some kind of homophobic attitude about that. Remember, the colon, the rectum, the anus, it's all part of your body, right? So if you have a a pain or you are bleeding from somewhere or need help, for example, you go to the doctor because your shoulder hurts, the doctor's going to examine your shoulder, right? Well, if you're having difficulty with your bowel movements or blood in your stool, the doctor needs to examine that part of your body. So we do need to take that stigma away and take care of yourself. Yeah, and I just encourage, I'm glad that they've lowered the, the age because, like you said, they're seeing more people with, with a lower uh, rate, uh, lower age getting cancer. And, and Carla Ann, I, I like the fact that you mentioned you don't have to be eating unhealthy to get colon cancer. You can be healthy. As a matter of fact, a chat with Bozeman, I believe he was a vegetarian, um, and he mm-hmm. was young, and he was, you know, as far as we know, in good shape, and, and he got colon cancer so, um, you know, it's a little, I guess, disconcerting because it's like, well, then why don't I just eat bad? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying to be sarcastic <laughs> here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, if these people who are eating completely healthy get it, you know, uh, why should I continue to eat healthy? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you, Dr. Rajput. If I'm eating red meat, if I'm eating um, lots of uh, bread and, and sugar, like Carla Ann mentioned, I guess I'm raising my risk. Is that correct? correct? Is that how you would say it? Correct. Okay. Yes, exactly. And that's why when we started our conversation, and I was talking about everything in moderation when we were talking about coffee, and it's the same thing. You know, I'm not here saying no one should ever have any red meat. Um, if you do enjoy that, I think that's okay in moderation. Um, but you're right. Those types of behavior like high sugar, high red meat, low fiber diets put you at an increased risk um, for this. Carla, and uh, how could somebody become a community organizer like you? Well, there are several ways. I would say uh, half of my colleagues, and they're not all community organizers, they do a a list of different things, but uh, half of them at least have been impacted by colorectal cancer. Either they're survivors, they were a caregiver, somebody that they love had colorectal cancer. And they were volunteers and they really saw what the organization was doing and then they applied for jobs. I, it's, it's, I, 
I've done outreach and advocacy throughout my career, and I actually was lucky enough to just see a post-it. So it's a, it's a mixture of people that are impacted and people are just career health advocates and health, health awareness people, you know? But mm-hmm. I would like to say uh, one more thing about Chadwick Boseman, if you don't mind. Sure. He was diagnosed in 2016, and he died in 2020 at the age of 43. So that's, even with the lower requirements, it's too young to have been, you know, to have gotten a regular colonoscopy along with the requirements. His mother was a nurse. He went to Howard University. So this is a smart guy that we're talking about. So I really want to point that out. And um, also I'd like to point out that sometimes colorectal cancer can go undetected for quite some time, for quite a long mm-hmm. time. So it is so important that we know our own bodies and that we teach our children to know their own bodies, you know? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Dr. Rushley, I was, um, when I was looking up stuff for the show, I saw something about biofeedback therapy uh, for helping with colorectal cancer. Is that true or what does, what does that help? Um, I'm not sure exactly in terms of the treatment in areas that we've used biofeedback therapy sometimes has to do with um, post-treatment in terms of continence and bowel function and control, but I'm not familiar okay. with it in any kind of primary therapy uh, for colorectal cancer. What about um, alternative forms of medicine like acupuncture um, and, and Reiki and all these things? Uh, are they something somebody should look into? I think that, um, you know, these integrative aspects of medicine and these other um, areas that you mentioned, like acupuncture and Reiki, can be a part of a treatment process, but I don't recommend it in lieu of standard treatment that we know can cure a patient of their cancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we've learned a lot today. Um, definitely go get your colonoscopy when it's time. Um, if you're really super uncomfortable thinking about that, there's the other tests that you can the stool tests that are very sensitive now, they're better than they were in the past uh, based on Dr. Rajput's input, so you can do that. If you need support for yourself or you know someone who's going through it, maybe your husband, your child, um, you know, other uh, friends, check out the Colorectal Cancer Alliance. They have a lot of support services there. Uh, let me ask you this, Carla Ann. Uh, Dr. Rajput talked about the expense. Uh, are there any types of um, monies that the Colorectal Cancer Alliance do they help people with money, like uh, to help with, you know, their service, their treatment, or they can send them in the right direction? Yes, absolutely. We have funding. We have funding to help with the barriers of, col- of getting colonoscopies, such as Dr. Spoko, of child care, transportation. We have funding for that. There are small grants that people can write for that will um, mm-hmm. help them pay for groceries or bill, just something as simple as that can be such a stress reliever. We have a team of patient navigators that are amazing, and, and several of them are survivors. So with our helpline, that's who answers it, and they are wonderful. We have one that's an insurance expert. So we have, we have, one, that's, we have a, one that's bilingual. So we do want people to call the helpline, 
as opposed to just sitting in stress and worry because these navigators, they're so easy to talk to and they're absolutely wonderful. I love them as coworkers, if you can tell, but they have all this knowledge <laughs> and all this information that can really, really help. Well, you heard it here first, people. Get your colonoscopy. If you can't get that, you can do the stool test. But if the stool test comes back positive, you still got to get the colonoscopy. There's no way around it. Thank you, Dr. Rajput, and thank you, Carla Ann Henry, for coming on this morning. My pleasure. Thank Thanks for having us. Okay, well, you guys go have some pancakes. <laughs> uh, enjoy your weekend, okay? Thank you, you also. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you, Carla. You. Thanks, Joy. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone uh, with Dr. Ashwani Rajpur. Um, he's the director of Johns Hopkins Kimmel Cancer Center. Uh, he's in D.C. region. And Carla Ann Henry, uh, she's the Colorectal Cancer Alliance community organizer. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. And on Instagram, also check the show out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. You guys have a great weekend, and check me out on social media. I'm giving away copies of The Violent Conspiracy by Brendan Slocum. So check out the social media if you want a chance to win. What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what? Sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with RAIN, reminding you it's never your fault. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., so if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses, because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.